right, here with Lazaro Montecruz from Fan Fanatic on Fan Sided. He's definitely going to give us some information in regarding the Miami Dolphins. Last night, Dolphins played their first preseason game. Um, we had a previous conversation that um, was recorded, but because of technical difficulties, we weren't able to get it up. So now he gets to, I guess, tell me he told, I told you so about the young man, Grant. So first of all, welcome to the show, Lazaro. How are you doing this this afternoon? Uh, I'm not doing bad at all, my friend. Thank you very much for having me uh, on the show, and thank you for having me back. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate it. And, and yes, I'm not going to lie. I was looking forward to telling you I told you so about Jakeem Grant. Uh, you know, he, he showed up last night, um, you know, and he, he, I think he had four catches for 68 yards, uh, four punt returns for 60 yards, uh, and he had a couple of kickoff returns. Uh, and I believe uh, one of the returns, I can't remember if it was a punt return or a kick return off the top of my head, I think it was a punt return, was for 28 yards, and he was one tackler away from breaking it for a touchdown. So, um, you know, he, he performed well, and more importantly than, you know, how he performed in this game, I think he showed uh, that he's a versatile type of weapon that uh, Adam Gase was looking for, uh, <clears throat> one of those alpha males that he keeps talking about. And the real importance of this uh, is that not only is he going to add versatility to Miami's offense, but it's going to keep Jarvis Landry on the bench on punt and kickoff returns so that, you know, the All-Pro has less chance of getting injured. Uh, and, uh, you know, I know a lot of fans were concerned about that. I was extremely concerned because I think going into, I think this is Jarvis Landry's third year, I was really concerned at whether he could do those double duties, and, uh, punt return and kick return. I, and also be an all-pro wide receiver. You know, as you as a player gets older, it's time to get away from the special teams, basically, unless you're Deion Sanders and you only play one side. Well, you play both sides of the ball, and you're just exceptional in elite speed or whatever. But anyway, in Jarvis Landry's case, I'm so glad he's not um, going to be on the punt returns. Let's get into the offensive line. First-team offensive line struggled, my friend. Oh, man, did they ever. You know, and it's expected – to some degree, you know, this early uh, in the preseason, and especially because of what the Dolphins are doing, they're juggling a lot of guys around, um, you know, but in our previous conversation, uh, you know, one of the things that I mentioned to you is the fact that uh, Laramie Tunsil isn't with the starting unit right now means nothing. Right. Uh, Tunsil is going through that process just to, you know, to earn his spot, you know, it's, it's part of the NFL process. But if last night proved anything, you know, I mentioned to you before, it's never really been a contest. You're talking about Dallas Thomas, who was rated uh, by pro football focus as the worst offensive guard in the NFL last year, versus Laramie Tunsil, who came out of college as the top left tackle. Uh, and last night proved it. Um, I, yeah, Dallas Thomas, uh, on one-on-one -on -one blocks, as far as the running game, uh, was ineffective. Uh, as a pass blocker, uh, he was even less so. On, on one crucial play, he was, uh, you know, pushed right back into Tannehill. Um, so, you know, when it counts, no matter, you know, you keep hearing reports out of Dolphins camp that he's had a good camp, this and that. But when it counts, he, you know, he doesn't come through. Whereas Larry Tunsil last night showed a lot of things. He showed he's faster uh, and he's much more decisive than Dallas Thomas. He more than held his own on the pass blocks. And one of the things that I looked at, and I stayed up late into the night reviewing the film over and over, is on run plays, he very often got into the, you know, to the second level and took out linebackers, uh, which is something you just don't see from Dallas Thomas. 
So, you know, it's just a question of, of when Gates decides to, uh, to put Tunsil in there uh, with the first unit. And, and I'd be very surprised if it isn't next Friday. I think it'll be next Friday also because, I'm again, Dallas Thomas was totally ineffective last night. But he wasn't the only offensive lineman that struggled last night. I think yeah, he was not the only guy. Pounce, he had a rough night. Um, some of the other guys did also. Um, some guys just drew, you know, Brandon Albert that you expect. Well, and then again, it is the first preseason game. I understand the veterans. They're, they're, I mean, they know they're going to be out there one series. I think the offense line played a little bit longer than that, but I understand it. You know, they, they, they're pacing themselves. Let's give it, let's give them that. They're pacing themselves. Right. Well, the, the guy that concerned me the most, uh, besides Dallas Thomas, uh, was was Brendan Albert, yeah. and, and he concerned me for a couple of reasons. Uh, you know, I've got a new column. In fact, it's, it's up this you know this morning. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, Studs and Duds, um, and it's on on Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys that I listed as a dud was, was Brendan Albert yeah. because he looked old, stiff, flat-footed. Um, you know, he he just didn't play well. And one of the things that I mentioned in the column is you know it didn't help that he's playing next to. Um, to Dallas Thomas, but if he isn't careful, uh, you know, Dallas Thomas uh, may not be the only guy who gets beat out for their spot by Tunsil. So, um, you know, again, I, I, I'm not, I don't want to read too much into it. Like you said, it's, it's the first preseason game. You know, guys, you know, uh, it's, they're, they're not into it 100% yet. But, no, he, he did not look good last night. Yeah, he, 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 looked, he looked really bad. Um I'm gonna give Tanny Hill. I can't grade him one, one series. I just can't grade him uh, on last yeah. evening. So that was kind of tough. Running game can't run if you don't have blocking. So again, I guess you can get an eye on that one too. So, but going into the season, the Dolphins really need Arian Foster. But Ajayi, I don't know. What is your well, take on Ajayi? Give me your take on him. Well, I think the guy is one of those guys, uh, from what I've seen and, and, and the research I've done on him, if he gets better as the game goes along, mm-hmm. that step, that said, forget the running game for a second. He almost uh, gave away an interception on a pass that Tannehill put right into his hands, yep. and he bounced it up into the air. And if the, if the defender hadn't landed with his toe, uh, you know, out of bounds, that would have been a first and ten. Uh, near the Miami goal line uh, for the Giants. So, uh, you know, he's still got a ways to, to go. You know, you could maybe chalk it up to, to jitters. Uh, definitely uh, the, the running game was affected by the by the offensive line. Um, you know, they, they didn't do a good job. Um, but, you know, the, the whole running game has a long way to go. And I don't, you know, some, some people might put some, some stock in peed after last night and, and even, you know, uh, I can't even think of his name now. The guy he used to play for us, but you know what? The um, uh, Thomas, the other running back, but but those guys were were playing against you know third stringers by the time they got into the game. So uh, Jai needs to step up. He needs to do a good job, um, and uh, you know he's going to be the guy that's going to be trying to earn those tough yards up the middle. So he's got to get it together. And and more than anything, as we've already said several times now. The offensive line has got to get it together. If they don't get it together, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be rough. But the offensive line and the offense, again, tough to grade um, on last evening. But going into the preseason, we everybody has said it about the Dolphins. The offensive line is the thing. But the one one position that they haven't said was struggle, and that should have been a defense line with adding Mario Williams to replace Olivier Vernon. And then also you have the big um, 
hundred million dollar man and Dominican Sue. Uh we don't know if Jordan Phillips can beat out Earl Mitchell. We don't know. I mean, but the Dolphins off the defensive line should be the strength of their defense. I'm not going by anything well, I saw last night. What what do you think about Dolphins defensive line? Well, I, I think that their defensive line is the strength of their team. Um, I think that there's one thing you can read into into last night's game. Um, the consistently the Dolphins got pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And sure, it, it is a preseason game, but we didn't have a single starter on that defensive line, and they got pressure on the quarterback from the beginning. Um, and that says something about the wide nine defense, mm-hmm. um, you know, and. Uh, the effects that that's going to have. Mm-hmm. And I also want something else, which is a little off topic about what you're asking me, but I don't want to forget about this. Because there, there are two things that I think were, were very crucial about last night's game. Mm-hmm. The, the backups, particularly in the secondary, uh, played better than expected. Uh, Walt Aikens had a very good game. Uh, McCain had a very good game, Bobby McCain. Um, and I think that the reason that they surprised a little bit is because there's something going on in Miami that we haven't seen there for a long time, and that's player development. I think that, that what you saw last night was a direct um, result of good coaching, um, and I think that that's very important. The other thing that I think is very important that we saw last night was the play calling. Uh, when when you you know we watched Dolphins games throughout the last few years through the Philbin era and through Dan Campbell. The play calling was was anemic. It was terrible, you know. And if you know, I don't have to tell Dolphins fans about that bubble screen to uh, Jarvis Landry two yards behind the line of scrimmage that never went anywhere. Never. Last night, the Dolphins ran uh, 29 pass plays, 32 running plays. They kept the defense guessing all night. And the other thing that I think is very important, and you and I spoke about this a little bit in our previous conversation, is. While we saw very little of Tannehill last night, what we did see were several rollouts out of the pocket, and that's Tannehill's strength. And I predicted in my series on Adam Gase's 12 steps to rehabilitating the Dolphins that he would put those in for Tannehill. And last night we got more than a few of them, and obviously those aren't in there for Matt Moore or, you know, uh, or anybody else. So I was very glad and very encouraged to see that that type of play, uh, you know, in the in the game in the playbook at this point. What a difference a guy a guy with experience calling plays. I think that's the biggest difference I take from the Miami Dolphins. Um, Joe Philbin didn't call plays in, in Green Bay. Uh, Mike yeah, I, I think, yeah, and I, and I think that really the biggest difference between uh, Gates and Philbin is this. Uh, I've got a piece coming out. Um, I believe it's probably going to be out Monday on. Uh, on step nine of that Adam Gates series, where I'm going through the idea of leadership. And when you research the history, and, and Armando Salguero had a really good series of, of articles in, in the Miami Herald detailing this, which I kind of condense in, in, in my piece, um, <clears throat> where Philbin led from, from basically a, you know, a, a place of fear. Uh, he, he, he coached not to lose the game. And he didn't really connect with the players at, at any point. Whereas Adam Gase not only is connected with the players, but he's aggressive. He's aggressive on offense. He's aggressive on defense. You know, he, he had a quote the other day where he said that the NFL is a, a dink and dunk league. Don't believe it. That's a, that's a coach setup if I've ever heard one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to, he's going to go downfield this year. He's going to be aggressive. And the thing that, again, going back to the difference between him and Philbin, 
Saban was very close-minded. When the Dolphins brought in Marino to help Tannehill along, Saban resented it and didn't want that to happen, which is, you know, it, it makes you shake your head to believe that somebody wouldn't want a Hall of Fame quarterback helping their guy along, whereas Gase is the exact opposite. If you notice, Gase has brought in different people in the training camp, including Marino, Peyton Manning, uh, Wes Welker, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, former players. He's very open, uh, and, and, and he, one of the things that he talks about, and one of the things that I saw when I researched him, is he's very open to ideas from other coaches, and he will not just, he's not just open to them, he'll seek them out. And that's, I think, a, a huge difference between Philbin and, and Gates. One was very close-minded, the other one was very open-minded, and he himself is an alpha male, but he keeps, you know, what he keeps talking about. He can be as open, he can not be close-minded whatsoever, but he better find a way to get his offensive line corrected before they, before that, before that first game in Seattle at 405. Um, Eastern Daylight Time because um, Seattle still has a defensive line, my friend, and they still have some players on that defensive side of the ball. And if he doesn't get that offensive line correct before game one, Tenny Hill's not making the season. It, it just that's just yeah. that's just the way it is. But I like I, I like the ability to roll him out. I think he has. I think think things should get kind of stabilized on the offensive line with uh. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Once you get Tunsil in there and once they decide, you know, on the right guard. And, and I, listen, I don't think he's going to delay on making those changes for a very simple reason. Offensive line works off of chemistry. Right. It's, you know, of all the units on, on the team, that's the one that depends the most on guys working together. Um, and, and traditionally, you know, in the NFL, if you go into a locker room, you're going to see a difference between the offensive lineman and everybody else. I mean, they become a unit. They, you know, they're, they're separate from everybody else, and it's a it's a very different mindset. And and Chase knows that as well as anybody does. Um, so I think you're going to see that final five come into place a lot sooner than than you know the final preseason game because he knows that they're going to need that time together to to work out that chemistry. And you know, on a, there was a play last night where Olivier Vernon uh, put an inside move on Brendan Albert um, where. Dallas Thomas should have, you know, dropped off his block and picked up uh, OV, and he didn't. And Albert, you know, stood there completely flat-footed because he had nowhere to go uh, because Dallas Thomas didn't move. Mm-hmm. So it's those types of things that, uh, you know, that are going to make a difference. But, you know, they got to get together. And, yes, right now, it, you know, it, it was ugly and it was scary. It was extremely so. – it was, but I – I'm gonna go out on a limb and say the Dolphins win the first two games. I say they beat Seattle and New England. First two, first two regular season games. Well, I tell you what, if they can beat Seattle, um, that is going to be uh, just incredible for the team. One of the things that you saw last night about the Dolphins, which I think a lot of people have already mentioned this morning, is they played with a lot more energy. Right. <laughs> and that's another hallmark of, of a Gates team versus you know Joe Philbin. If Miami can go into uh, into Seattle and put a hurting on the Seahawks, and they have a chance to do that right. because of that all of the because of that defensive line, right. Seattle has traditionally had you know a weak offensive line. We don't know you know how well it's, how well it's going to perform this year, but we've got at least three monsters on our defensive line, and if anybody can track down uh, Russell Wilson. You know, we've got two very fast defensive ends in Wake and Williams, and so that could make a big difference. Um, 
you know, coming out of last night, something else that, um, you know, because I was thinking about that Seattle game, something else that jumped out at me was, uh, even though we saw him for a very short time, was Kiko Alonso. Um, and, and the, yeah, he looks healthy, but the, the thing that jumped out at me was, uh, when Rashad Jennings scored on that three, three yard touchdown run, Kiko Alonso did a great thing. He got into the backfield mm-hmm. and got his hand, got his hands on Jennings. Mm-hmm. What he didn't do was, was finish the play. Right. You know, he, he, he just couldn't hold him and, and, you know, when he plays behind him, Dominican Sue, he's going to have an awful lot of opportunities to get straight into that backfield because, you know, it's going to take two guys to keep Sue out of there. And, you know, he's got to do a better job of finishing those plays. Again, you know, it's, it's preseason. It's the first game. There hasn't been that much contact. Um, you know, so it was encouraging in one sense to see him back there. It was discouraging in another that he couldn't bring him down and, you know, stop him for a loss. So. Yeah, but the big fellow wasn't in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they hope that hole was wide open, but the big fella wasn't in there. And I think, as much as I dogged his contract, I think that dude's gonna have one monster year with this system. I just think well, with, with him being able to just straight up attack up the field, he is gonna have one monster year. Well, let me tell you, you know what? I I even have more appreciation for him now than I did before, and I'll tell you why. In researching uh, Step 8 of my Adam Gates series, mm-hmm. uh, I compared him to Geno Atkins and to uh, and to McCoy. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, all three of them came into the league in the same year. When I compare the number of impact plays that Indomit and Sue uh, put down as compared to those other guys, all four of them are uh, four-time Pro Bowlers. Mm-hmm. What Indomit and Sue has done is astonishing. Mm-hmm. And because he's in the middle... You know, it, it, he doesn't really get, believe it or not, he doesn't get the, the credit that he deserves. He is heads and tails above, you know, anybody else. The only guy that um, that I think can compete with him is the guy out in, in Los Angeles. Um, but, you know what, that guy's only two years in. Let's see, you know, if he can sustain it over four or five years. Yeah, I but like Dominic, that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and is a monster, and he is going to make, a huge difference. He really is the cornerstone of that defense. So I'm excited to see what he does in that wide nine this year myself. Man, I took appreciation for him for what that, that bull crap system they were in last year and watch that man just get absolutely <laughs> mauled. That man got mauled last season. He got mauled, he got held, he got tipped, he got he got clipped, he got everything and and there were times I think there was one instance where they caught him on um they caught him by mistake in the refs mic, and he said, he do that again, I'm going to knock him out. But he said it in a more volatile manner. But um, I got great pleasure for him. Jenkins, I like the speed. Again, I told you, sometimes he's not in that right spot, Lazaro. Sometimes he's not where he's supposed to be. I love the speed, though. Sometimes he's yeah. not where he's supposed to be. Well, you know, hopefully hopefully as, as we go along the, the coaching, uh, you know, again, we'll make a difference there. But, but you know what? We'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. We have to keep our fingers crossed on that one. Well, I can so. tell you this. Like I, I got a buddy who's a good Florida State. He was a Florida, one of my co-hosts, Mike Walker. He's a uh, Florida State uh, fan, and um, their defense line is awfully scary this year. Uh, and Miami's defense line is the strength of their team. I think if you have a good defense line, that covers up every weakness you got on the defensive side of the ball. And I think starting with Sue, Mario Williams, and Cam Wake. Cam Wake is still Cam Wake. He still has an unbelievable burst off that edge. And 
he can even bull rush. And Mario, if we can just get him to just give us just a little bit what he gave um, Buffalo, not not the Houston Mario, but a little bit earlier when he first got switched over to Buffalo, we, we, uh-huh. they do something. Well, you know what? I, I think Mario Williams is going to have a big year, and I think he's fired up, and I think he wants to prove something. And you know what? I I wouldn't want to be the the Buffalo quarterback when we play them this year. Oh no! Because he's gonna he's gonna want to show Rex Ryan something. And you know what? Let me mention something else about that defensive line and, and how it applies to the game last night. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things, even with backups, you know, we got a lot of pressure on the quarterback, and the quarterback, you know, had to get rid of the ball quickly. What en- what ended up happening? We ended up with four turnovers. Yeah. Now. Now, granted, he's a backup quarterback. You know, we we all understand the dynamics of a preseason game. That's all right, backup but versus backup. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. But you throw those three guys in there, and, and what you saw last night is, is essentially the idea behind the wide nine and having that front is you get pressure on the quarterback, you you force them into the quick release, you get the mistakes, you know, or you can you can track them down from behind like Walt Aikens did and, and get that strip sack that changed you know the, the complexion of the game completely. It is. So so you can see where the aggressive aspect comes in and you can even see where uh you know getting that kind of pressure on the quarterback will help hide some of the you know um some of the shortcomings of our uh of our cornerbacks and, and defensive backs in general. Next week the Dolphins got who? They got Jaguars or the Buccaneers? Uh, I think the Cowboys next week. Oh, the Cowboys next week. Oh, they're going to finish up with the two Florida teams then. Because they usually always play the two Florida teams at some point in the preseason. Yeah. So they're going to play. Yeah, I'm pretty, I, mm-hmm. yeah I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's the Cowboys. Oh. So I'll be interested to see if uh, if our front, you know, if our, if our defensive guys, uh, you know, Wake and Williams and Sue are in there. And I'll also be really interested to see if they, if they put Tony Romo in there. I doubt it. I don't think you see. <laughs> I don't think you see Romo against the Dolphins' defensive line. I don't care uh, yeah, how good the offensive line is. I don't think they take a chance with Romo next week. Not the second. Yeah, I, I w- mm-hmm. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't suggest it because those guys want to make a statement, and uh, you know, yeah, it, that, that could turn really bad. So. Yeah, next week is next week is a full quarter, and then the week after that is usually that final dress up for the first teamers and the first, or the starters. They they at least get a half in, and then you know the fourth game is. Pretty much, yeah. the, the, the guys that are on the bubble get a chance to make make an impression on the coaches. But my friend, I want to thank you for for the, joining me today, man. Again, during the season, you gotta you gotta come on, man, and we're gonna be live, so we won't have this. We won't have any difficulties with recording or anything <laughs> like that. No, not a problem, my friend. I'll be back anytime you need me. All right, man. Take it easy. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye.